0: Does reality scare you when you turn on the news? Do you feel afraid? Do you feel like you're in some crazy sitcom and then you pinch yourself and you realize this is real life? How do we deal with that as Christians? We'll discuss that and more on The Theological Patriot. I don't know about you, but whenever I can build up the nerve to turn on the news, it feels as if I'm right in the middle of a comedy. Because some of the things that people say are absolutely outrageous. That I'll watch a clip of the press secretary. And I'll think, did you even prepare? Or I'll read an article about something that someone said. And it's taken completely out of context, and that person gets, quote, canceled. That there seems to be no filter, unless you're on a certain side of the political aisle. That there seems to be this outrage over nothing, that there will be riots for criminals, and those criminals will be given the status of a saint in the political world. That there are times when I will look at the news and it's unsettling. Because I've seen what happens when countries get like this. If you want to see an example, all you have to do is look on the other side of the globe in Russia. All you have to do is study the history of Germany. All you have to do is look at the history of China. See, we're told throughout the scriptures, there is nothing new under the sun. That King Solomon, in his book, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. He tells us literally, there's nothing new under the sun. Says, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. So if you watch the news and you're surprised by. People doing crazy things, people acting in all kinds of ungodly ways, destroying buildings, anything like that. And you're surprised by it? You shouldn't be. Because. All this has happened before. The only difference is. These things happen a whole lot faster. Because we have social media. We have a 24 hour news cycle. News travels at the speed of light. That we hear about events. We can stream events. On our cell phones. Not too long ago, you would have to wait for the nightly news to figure out what was going on. But because we have this 24-hour news cycle, we can see things that go on in an instant. But the problem is... When sometimes when those videos come out... You're only shown a tiny part of it. You're only shown what brings about a certain narrative. you're only told certain facts in order to get a reaction. That there is a certain kind of reaction that the media politicians want to get out of you. And that's why they only show you part of the story. And then after riots and things come out then somebody else might put out the whole video but the damage is done it's already too late to take it back the buildings have already been burned possibly people have already been killed at certain riots that it takes so much more effort to get the truth out because people don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what makes them feel good, what makes them feel like they're on the right side of history. They don't want to be corrected. But they want to hear what makes them feel good that they want to hear their side of the narrative they want to hear what makes them on the right side. I mean, it it bonkers. To think that we are so we are so accepting of things without knowing all of the facts. And if you try to say, let's wait, hold on, let's let all the facts come out before we cast judgment, then you're called a bigot, a racist, Any kind of phobic under the sun. That truth is no no longer acceptable. If it doesn't fit a narrative. And we're told this. We're told that these times are going to come. So if you watch the news and you're surprised by how people act. If you're surprised by... Suppression, government overreach, whatever. Just pick up your Bible. These things have happened before, and we were told that things were going to happen before. That things were these things were going to happen. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come, will they will not endure sound doctrine, sound teaching, But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. Now, does that sound like anything that's going on in the news today? Does that sound like something that you might see? Where people want to have their ears tickled, they don't want to hear bad news because even if that bad news is true, they don't want to hear it because they don't want to feel bad. I will say one of the most egregious movements that I have seen in my lifetime is the self-esteem movement. Where everyone's a winner, nobody's a loser, everyone gets participation trophies. No one is better than anyone else. We're all equal. You can't get... You won't use red pen on a paper because it'll make somebody feel bad. That movement has given birth to... A generation of pansies. A generation that doesn't want to be told bad news. They don't want to be told that they're wrong and that they will act out as a child acts out if they are told that they're wrong or that their view is wrong. But as Christians, how do we respond? How do we deal with people that don't want to hear the truth that at times may threaten you? How do we deal with that? First, read your Bible. Learn from history. See that the scriptures tell us these things are coming. So read your Bible, dig into God's word, plant your feet firmly on the word of God. Second, read history. And don't just read history from a perspective that you would adhere to. They say history is written by the victors. Just don't take what someone says because they have letters in front of their names or behind their name or pieces of paper on their wall do not take what they say as absolute truth do their own do your own research find the true history and study it be willing to be challenged read something that you may not completely agree with. Because when you're challenged, that can sharpen what you believe, or it can show you what you believe is wrong. And then you can change it. Be willing to be proven wrong. But don't do it at a whim. Do your research, find the facts, and do the very best that you can to form an opinion based on facts, not just on how you feel about those facts. Third, first read your Bible, study God's Word, plant your feet on Christ. Second, read history. Third, debate. Find someone that you disagree with. Come up with ground rules. And talk it out. Say, we're not going to call one another a racist or a bigot or a whatever-phobe. That we're going to sit down. You come with your facts, I come with my facts, and we're going to talk it out. We're going to hash it out. And then, if you still disagree, you can leave as friends because you knew you presented your case in the best way that you could, and they presented their case in the best way that, that they could. And you know what the beauty of our country is? We're allowed to disagree and still be friends. That if you look throughout our history, there have been people on different ends of the aisle, different ends of the spectrum. But they could all come together and agree to disagree. Because we're not robots. It's okay to be friends that disagree on things. That's what makes this country great. Someone can be on the right and have a certain view and be good friends with somebody on the left. As long as you agree to be civil, that even if you disagree with one another, your friendship and this country comes first. Because one thing that we need to learn in this generation. Is we're not making this country for us. We're making this country for our children. And our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-great-grandchildren. That the problem we have is that our actions are so focused on the here and now. What makes me feel good right now? What makes... Me win this argument right now. What makes my country good right now? We don't care about what our children have to live through. If you don't believe me, look at our national debt. How many trillions upon trillions of dollars that is going to come due sooner or later. That our children are already born in debt. That a baby that is just born is already thousands, if not millions of dollars in debt. And they haven't even done anything. It's so important that we live our lives in such a way that we can pass down to our children these truths and not lies. That we don't teach our children to have this fake outrage or to feel offended because somebody said something that they disagree with. They need to learn. There are people that will disagree with them. And that's okay. That doesn't make someone worthy to have the snot beat out of them. That does that's not does it mean someone's worthy to be killed or to be canceled or to lose their job? That it's not okay to demonize your neighbor because they disagree with you. That there was a time when segregation was rampant in this country. And from what I've seen, there are people that want to go back to that where there was one side of the track for one color of people and one side of the track for the other. That there were separate bathrooms. That there are certain dormitories that only one group of people is allowed to live in. I thought we had moved past this. Were there not men and women of all shapes colors and creeds that demanded to be treated as equal to not be to not be segregated based on the amount of melanin in their skin was there not a speech Where a certain man said, I have a dream that one day my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Did that speech happen, or am I just imagining things? There are people who died in order to be, tra- to be treated as equal. Now there are those on one specific side of the aisle that want to go back to that. They are the ones that are in charge of a majority of the big cities within our country. They are the ones that have locked people down and kept them from doing business and penalized them If they dare open up their place of business to try to make a buck. This country, if it is going to survive and look anything like it did 20 years ago, five years ago, we need to figure out. Who we are. And as Christians, you need to fight so that your family has a good place to live. But ultimately, live your life not for yourself live your life for your children teach them to not put their hope in government because governments change with the stroke of a pen so many things can be undone if you don't believe me just look at any executive orders that have been done things can be changed really quickly and undone really quickly Teach your children to love the word of God. Prepare them for this spiritual battle. That if you want your children to have a future that is better than what you've had, teach them to trust in God. Teach them to fight, not physically but teach them to fight with ideas teach them to fight for their future for their children's future don't teach them not to let their feelings overpower their actions don't let their feelings overpower facts Allow them to have disagreements. And then at the end of the day, whenever they leave your house and they go out into the world, you can know you did your best. You prepared them the best that you can. Psalm 56, verse 8, David says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? These are scary times. These are times that. Make us feel uneasy. These are times where history is being repeated and people don't even know it. We have been warned about these times. My prayer for each and every one of you, for your children, for your families, is that you would be ready. You would be the future of this country. You would give your family a country that is better than the one we have now. That you don't let this world fall apart. That you don't let what your parents fought for diminish and fall. You fight for your family. Because if you don't fight for your family, nobody else will. So you need to do your work to make sure that your family is prepared for any battle that arises. I want to leave you with a quote. Some of you have heard it, but it bears repeating. It's by Martin Niemoller. He says, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I am not a socialist. They came for the trade unionist. I did not speak out because I am not a trade unionist. They came for the Jews. I did not speak out because I am not a Jew. Then they came for me. And there was no one left to speak for me. So speak up. Be willing to lose friends. Because if they will. If you have true friends. That will stop being your friends because you disagree with them. They are not a true friend. But speak up for the widows, for the orphans. Because if you don't speak up for them, there's going to be no one left to speak up for you. So fight hard. Do the work as a faithful American, and as a Christian, because if you don't fight, this nation will fall, and it will not look anything like the America that you grew up in. So don't stop fighting until your very last breath. I'm Jeff Rubidoux and I'm the Theological Patriot.